Good morning and welcome to our worship for this morning, the fourth Sunday of Lent, and of course it is also Mothering Sunday. Last year in March, the first Sunday that we weren't able to have a service in church because of the very first lockdown was Mothering Sunday. And I don't think any of us imagined that we would be here one year later, still producing online services and having restricted in-person services. But here we are. But God is faithful. And if there's one message I want to get across today, it is that we have so much to be glad for what God has done over this past year, even though it's been difficult. And we give him our grateful thanks today. Let's listen to our opening hymn, Now Thank We All Our God. So let us call to mind our sin, our failure to value the love of others, and our failure to love as Christ has loved us. Your love gives us life from the moment of conception, but we fail to live as your children. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. You call us to do good. We seek our own good. 
Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. You hear us when we cry for help. We ignore the cries of others. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May the Father of all mercies cleanse you from your sins and restore you in his image to the praise and glory of his name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And the collect for today, Mother in Sunday. God of love, passionate and strong, tender and careful, watch over us and hold us all the days of our life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Today's reading is continuing in our series on Philippians for Lent and we've reached chapter 3 verses 17 to 21. Join together in following my example brothers and sisters and just as you have us as a model keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you before and now tell you again even with many tears Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So although it's Mother's Day, we're continuing our sermon series looking at the book of Philippians. I wonder, have you ever played the game Simon Says? Do you remember it? Simon Says, stand up. Simon Says, sit down. Simon Says, put your hand on your head. Eat a biscuit. I might do some of what Simon says, but not all. The whole idea of the game is to catch you out. Now, few of us would advise our congregations that they should imitate us as Simon does, or as St Paul does here in the passage. We might find ourselves judged as overvaluing ourselves and not having any humility. We would also be rather hesitant, knowing our own limitations and failures. Well, at least I would. Yet there's something healthy about the way St Paul is upfront about it all. He wants others to share his commitment to follow the way he is going. We shouldn't see his advice as assuming he is some kind of idol. Rather, he is saying, be like us in what we're doing and trying to do and be. Now, being an imitator or follower might apply across many aspects of the Christian life. For St Paul, it has a very concrete reference. He, in this passage, is concerned about a particular theology that's going around in his day and those who encourage it. At the beginning of the chapter, in chapter 3, verses 2 to 3, he warns against these people, or dogs as he calls them. The circumcision is another name of his for them. They pose a danger in Paul's eyes to the Christians at Philippi because these Christians so-called Christians, are, without knowing it, enemies of the cross of Christ. Why? Because they were suggesting Christians had to be circumcised. 
just the same as some might suggest those of us who attend church might have to dress in a certain way or have to sit in a certain seat or have to sing certain songs or have to pray standing up or with our eyes closed and our arms lifted or will you get the idea thankfully God sets no such rules for us and in practice neither should we for others we can often put people on pedestals thinking they're so much more spiritual than us or look at others and say when are they going to start acting like us but Paul uses strong language because a lot is at stake he is passionate as such he is passionate as such Christians had invaded his church in Galatia now there seems to be some prospect that they would spread their influence in Philippi and he was dreading them forcing their ways onto that church these people you see they glorified in their circumcision and Paul's words sound quite harsh. Their God is their belly, he says, and their glory is in their shame. What's he referring to? Well, shame and modesty sort of go together. Some of our parts of our bodies are just not designed to be shown off in public, are they? They were to be hidden, and it offended decency for them to be exposed in public, as it still does today. So these that were going round flaunting their circumcision, well, it sounds outrageous. And Paul is against those who do that. And against all those who go round insisting that all Gentiles must be circumcised. He rejects that demand. Those who demand it would counter, I suppose, by saying that they're asking nothing more than what the Bible itself requires in Genesis 17. Behind that quite intense conflict, really is a clash of approaches to the scriptures. For Paul, God's new gift of love replaces the Old Testament rules. And so circumcision is an unnecessary barrier. It belongs to those commandments which Ephesians later calls a dividing wall of hostility, which God has dismantled, an enemy of reconciliation. Even worse is the taunt that they make their belly their God. Now this isn't about overeating all those biscuits. It's about imposing their understanding of biblical food laws on Gentiles, just as they were trying to with the circumcision rules. It made Paul furious when Peter succumbed to such pressure in Antioch and together with other Christian Jewish leaders withdrew from shared meals with Gentiles. Paul declares that hankering after fulfilment of such law is a form of idolatry, setting up a false God. We can often fall into that trap ourselves in churches where well, we have expectations of people that they can only belong if they do as we do or dress as we do or attend the same course as we do. It certainly sounds like a case of play the game of Simon Says and you'll be okay. Join in, don't get caught out. This would certainly rile those whose devotion centred upon exact obedience. Paul has been able to see that such devotion, which usually reveals itself in a fundamentalist way, is in fact the enemy of the good news of the gospel. Paul sees Christ as the heart of the way forward. Because of this, he is prepared to set those things aside which discriminate, cause division, set others apart as sometimes being special. We still struggle in the church with these competing approaches and perhaps they are things we need to address within ourselves. Are we setting ideals which are not of God? expecting others to do as we do and not allow them to be themselves as God intended? Who are we to judge? 
It's so hypocritical to say, you don't worship with us just because our arms are not raised, or we sit to pray, how dare you stand, or again, you get the idea. God is our ultimate judge, and we are to try and show God's love and acceptance to all who come to worship with us. Paul is really an imitator of Christ. He wants the Philippians to imitate him, really only because he is an imitator of Christ. But this is much more than a loyalty strategy, for Paul understands Jesus and his ministry. And he understands that in a very special way. Paul believes in the God of hope, who already here and now is overcoming long-held and partly biblically based prejudices and creating a new order of being and doing, a way of life that is different and special based on loving others and not judging them. Paul's issues keep repeating themselves and his answers keep pointing us to what matters most, that God loves us as we are, but that God loves us too much to leave us like it. So sets us the challenge of learning to be more like Christ every day. It's not up to us to bully, belittle or otherwise push people into being something that they're not. It's up to God to help us all be better than we are, to become all he designed and wants us to be. We have to allow people the space to find their faith feet and not to judge them or try and catch them out. Some people think it's their job to challenge others they feel are not fitting in by suggesting that they need to change in a certain way. But of course they say it in love. However, that's just a disguise. Well, really, it's up front for being rude. It doesn't cut it and it's certainly not what St Paul would approve of, let alone what Jesus would want us to do. No one will challenge, no one will change unless they want to. And we need to be encouraging and positive if we want others to grow in their faith. Not point out their faults and then say you did it in love. That's not love. That's criticism. That's destructive and not at all helpful. The thing about the game, Simon says, is that it's a game. And the idea is to catch the players out. Thankfully, St Paul doesn't say what he does to catch us out, but to guide us to be better to allow God to have his way in us. We're free-thinking people and have to make choices for ourselves. Not act like sheep, but be guided by God and what the Bible says. Not swayed by others, but keeping our eyes fixed on him. Now this passage is sort of finished off in the first verse of chapter 4, when Paul says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, therefore, continuation, therefore, my brothers and sisters, of whom I love and long for, my joy and crown. There's encouragement for you. Stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. Now this encourages them and us to have hope. There is always hope and we can cling to this hope that God loves us and wants the best for us. So let's keep our eyes fixed on him and not what others are doing or not doing or what others expect of us, but only what God expects of us and be thankful for God's love of us. If we do this and not play Simon says, but God says, loving one another as he has loved us with no catch, then we will become more like Christ and perhaps have a church that's closer to what God intended, a congregation where we all feel accepted and loved and can reach out to others in the same way, not rejecting them or setting them Simon says type challenges that they will almost certainly fail at sooner or later.
Let us pray. Loving God, our Heavenly Father, in our worship today we say thank you for all that our mothers are to us and for all that they have done and continue to do for us. But we also know that for some people today is a difficult day, holding hurt, grief, perhaps even anger. We pray that you will draw alongside those who are hurting today to comfort them and surround them with your tender care. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for women who grieve because they are unable to have children that they so long to hold and love. We pray for mothers who grieve because, like Mary, they have had to see their child die too soon. We pray for mothers who grieve because they are cut off from their children by disappointment, anger or bitterness. And for mothers who are worried or afraid for their child's well-being or safety. We ask you, Heavenly Father, to bring healing, comfort, forgiveness and peace into the hearts and minds of hurting mothers. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for children who grieve because they have lost their mother through illness, accident or violence. For children whose mothers who have been unable to give them the love and care and they need, so they now live in families or homes which are not their own. We pray for children who are still living in homes that are unsafe with adults who cannot put the child's needs before their own and for children who through hardship and poverty are not being provided with an adequate diet or basic care. We ask you, Heavenly Father, to bring love and security, courage and hope into the lives of hurting children today. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We ask you, Heavenly Father, to bring healing and forgiveness into the lives of all those for whom today brings painful memories of broken relationships and loss. Help us all to find the brothers and sisters of Christ to be a loving family with whom we may show your love and tender care for one another. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving God, trusting in your promise to hear us when we pray in faith, we ask you to bless all our relationships in the families of our homes, our church and our community, so that through our lives your loving will for us may be done. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. We join together and draw our prayers together in the words that Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen.
Well, thank you for sharing in this service with us. We are moving now towards Lent. Next week is our annual meeting for the churches. There will be an online service as well. It's the uh, fifth Sunday of Lent, Passion Sunday. And so there'll be uh, the usual podcast, phone worship and an online service on YouTube. Because uh, we're not having an in-person service because of our annual meetings. May God, who gave birth to all creation, bless us. May God, who became incarnate by an earthly mother, bless us. May God, who broods as a mother over her children, bless us. May Almighty God bless us all, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen.